Welcome back to the latest episode of the Security Sprint. I am Dave Pounder. Nice to meet you guys. It's been two weeks. I've been off a little bit. I appreciate Andy and Jennifer uh, taking over and uh, giving me a little bit of a ribbing at the same time. Andy, your opening was pretty good, but let me get into my opening. <laughs> this is pretty podcast where we go beyond the headlines and talk about the security and risk news and bring about a different perspective, as well as talk about the news and events that you may have missed or, or not have missed and you just want to hear us talk about. Uh, there's a lot out there and we want to bring it to you. So the way this sprints work is that we go through two rounds of topics and then we do some quick hits at the end. So with that, I will welcome in the, uh, what were you, temporary host, Andy? Or temporary just guy? What, I mean, what's, what's the right word for you? Desperately trying to fill the gap that you left us with, Dave. But I've got to say, it was a real pleasure to have Jen on two weeks in a row. We had a good time recording together. Appreciate her jumping in but dave i'm glad to give you the controls back you drive this train buddy i'm just here for the ride all right Andy. well i do appreciate it again you guys did a great job i did listen from my far off places and i will say we have a loyal listener uh who did give me some good feedback about when i was out at and seattle and i had I, I think they were not wrong i will just say that it was a beautiful place so but andy this is a sprint we have a limited amount of time so we need to get into it we're going to start with round one and i am the weatherman andy i am the weatherman so i do feel like it's my obligation to bring out the hurricane forecast activity not to mention the severe weather that we're currently going through in many parts of this country but last week andy the uh colorado state university yes a landlocked uh, part of the world is predicting hurricane activity but Colorado State University is one of the most recognized hurricane predictors or uh, uh, estimators uh, out there. And they did come out with a new update to their hurricane season. Uh, they still believe, you know, they're, we're still targeting for a near average or above average uh, slightly above average uh, number of named storms. And just to give you an idea, you know, the, uh, their numbers are 18 named storms. Um, 90 name storm day days, which means 90 days that they had the name storm out there, nine hurricanes, four major hurricanes. Um, and then with that, though, it's been kind of a slow season so far. There's only been four name storms uh, to this point. But I do want to remind everybody that the peak season is really we're starting to get into that peak season, end of August, early September and October. That's when we're going to see a lot of the hurricane activity or anticipated hurricane activity. So even though the, you know, in years past, we've seen a lot of named storms, we've seen a lot of impact in June, July, and August. We have not seen so much this year, but that doesn't mean it's not going to, it's not so coming. So please take this time when we do have a little bit of a down spot to, to work on those preparedness activities, get review those plans, dust them off the shelves and look at them. It's also important, especially as we switch to like severe weather in general, the heat has been absolutely crazy. Um, and it's just as we plan outdoor events, especially in the month of August and even September and October are still very warm months, we really need to be able to anticipate uh, potential heat injuries as we start transitioning then and looking for winter weather preparedness. So, Andy, the weather. A lot of crazy stuff going on. We saw what was happening in Alaska with some of the the uh, flooding that is occurring from some of the um, the temperatures up there and the glacier melts up there. A lot of bad things are happening with heat injuries. 
lots going on, Andy. There's a lot going on. I appreciate you bringing this update, you know, to the forefront of the pod today. I think, you know, we, we at Gate 15, I think, look at a lot of different, you know, weather, severe weather forecast predictions. I really like CSU and theirs, and I like their midseason update. And I think you nailed it, Dave, just because it's been quiet, which it has been. There's some interesting studies on sort of the effects of warmer ocean temperatures and how that might be affecting hurricane season, the ability of hurricanes to manifest themselves. You know, nothing stopping a Cat 5 hurricane from developing and flying into the U.S. You know, at some point in the next three months. So, you know, it's been good. Doesn't mean it's going to stay good. I think there's some good warnings in their, you know, forecast update. I think you still got to be mindful and prepared. I can tell you as a as a father of a soon-to-be college freshman, uh, I was just buying a, a hurricane kit for him as he goes off to start his his next adventure, right? We've got to do things we can do to prepare, be ready for whatever might come, you know, should, should severe weather hit. It's a good update. It's a good item to bring up at the top of today's sprint. All right. Well, thanks for that affirmation. I was going to beginning to wonder if I still had it after a couple of weeks off. That's my <laughs> recommendation. What do you got? Dave, I want, to, I want to focus on our friends at CISA today. And I'm going to, um, you know, I'm, I'm no Jennifer Lynn Walker. Nobody is. But I've got a couple of things I think are worth focusing on. The first is the release of CISA's Cybersecurity Strategic Plan titled Shifting the Arc of National Risk to Create a Safer Future. CISA has been emphasizing the need to really bake security in at all levels, right, procedurally, but also from a security standpoint, doing the right thing up front. This plan starts to talk about that. A couple of things I want to highlight, going to do it quickly. One, note this is the Cybersecurity Strategic Plan. When I first read it, I was like, this is CISA's plan. Where's all the physical stuff? It's not in here because it's not that level plan. It's focused explicitly on the cybersecurity mission, one part of CISA's mission, along with physical security and other aspects of preparedness and resilience. So note that. Two, there's a good blog post by Eric Goldstein, the executive assistant director from cyber, for cybersecurity. It was posted Friday. We shared that in today's Gay 15 Summer, recording on Monday the 7th. And Eric highlights a couple of things, specifically highlights the three primary goals, which are address immediate threats, two, harden the terrain, and three, drive security at scale. You can read the blog post to see his thoughts on those and some additional details. You can read the plan to dive into that much more deeply. There's objectives tied to each of those areas. There's goals, there's objectives. What I really like is Appendix 1 in the back of the document where it talks about the alignment in the cybersecurity strategic plan. And it shows the goals and the related objectives, right? So it gives you a real idea of where CIS is looking at going these next few years. Things are gonna be emphasizing their push on what they're going to push on vendors and users. I think it's got a lot of good ideas on, on how we better secure and bake in security. It's a good document. Like all plans, like it's a little bit clunky. You can't get away from that, but it's thoughtful. It's deliberate. It's well-organized. And I think it's taking us in the right direction. So I thought it was a good, a good product. Glad to see that come out. Definitely worth checking out. And it aligns well with the recently released Biden administration's National Cybersecurity Strategy Obviously, these things have been well-coordinated between the White House and DHS, CISA, and it's good to see that level of coordination happening. It's got to be an all-hands effort. I was glad to see this. Good blog post by Eric. Good update from CISA. I think it's going to help guide us uh, down the road for the next few years here. Yeah, I think that's the key part. It's going to help guide us, Andy. And I think this the, the, the importance of whether it's the Biden administration putting out their information or this document, this helps organizations understand those priorities, understand the goals and the objectives, and then helps, allows them to bridge that gap then into what they can be doing at their organizational level. So I love these type of documents. Great call out here. Um, really, and, and again, I think for some organizations where you may be resource constrained and to be able to understand where all the goal, you know, what, what you should be doing, th these are great documents to look at. 
yeah. this helps tremendously. So, so really great uh, push on that, Andy. Hey, speaking of great things to look at, Dave, you're self-excluded. I just want to draw your attention to my Ultimate Warrior t-shirt that I'm wearing today. I know you're a fan of these, you know, various wrestling shirts as, you know, two 90s guys and our throwbacks to the days of our youth. And just want to share that with you for a moment. I know, I know those listening can't take this in, but it's, it's a thing of beauty. And I want to share that with you, Dave, we're talking about good things to look at. We, we may have to take a snapshot of that though, Andy, and post <laughs> But we, hey, Andy, don't far off the, the topic here, but <laughs> I did happen to watch this last weekend, SummerSlam, because my youngest daughter, who just turned seven, is a is a wrestling fan. Thank you, uh, elementary school reading program oh, nice. that has w books. So we watched a little of that wrestling. It was great matchups. Um, and I will say one of her birthday presents was me take is going to be me taking her to see WWE Raw in uh charlotte in uh on labor day so i'm excited about that so there i'm you go. glad to see that she's getting interested in the wonderful world of wrestling as you know dave my my, my cousins and i shared many memories around wwf at the time and uh, and today my youngest cousin is is a is a, is a professional wrestling champion I'm, I'm grateful to see that so who knows where youngest daughter's future may take her but i'm glad you're indulging her interests and and taking some father-daughter time together it was great. So, Andy, but we've got to get back on track there. Back that, on track. That, uh, that little sidetrack. <laughs> I'm going around to Andy, and I'm going to talk about uh, some arrests that were made last week uh, involving uh, espionage in two separate cases uh, in the southern and central districts of uh, California. The U two U.S. Navy service members were arrested for transmitting sensitive military information to the PRC, the People's Republic of China. Excuse me as I clear my throat there, but uh, the uh, FBI noted and the Department of Defense, I'm sorry, the Department of Justice noted uh, these individuals stand accused of violating the commitments they made to protect the United States and betraying the public trust to the benefit of the PRC government. The Department of Justice will continue to use every tool, yada, 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 counter these threats. Just a real quick summary on the two types of incidents. Uh, according to the indictment, one of the individuals in February 2022 began communicating with an intelligence officer from China who requested that they provide information about a, a ship that they were on and other naval ships as well. Specifically, the intelligence officer was asked, tasked uh, the service member with passing him photos, videos, documents concerning U.S. Navy ships and systems. And they agreed to hide their communications and deleting records of conversations, as well as employing encryption and, and so on. In the other incident, um, beginning in August of 2021 and continuing through May of this year, uh, at, the, at the behest of the Chinese intelligence officer, uh, the individual, the other service member, violated their official duty to protect sensitive military information by recording and then transmitting to the uh, intelligence officer U.S. military information, photographs, and videos. Again, we tend to think about this stuff in, in current technology ages. How is this even possible? You know, we think about the old Cold War, the dark alleys, the dark rooms in the in the streets of Prague or somewhere else in, in Eastern or Western Europe. Uh, this stuff is occurring every day, Andy, and, and there, it, it takes a lot of different shapes and sizes. And while this is focused on military, um, obviously, this can spread to corporations as well. Nation states have been largely responsible for some of the largest breaches uh, in uh, history. Um, they have a lot of information on individuals that can be then used to target uh, individuals who may be able to commit espionage on their behalf. 
or be leveraged to commit espionage. There's a lot of craziness that goes on that espionage is alive and well. It continues to happen. We need to make sure that we're reviewing and looking at our internal processes and procedures to make sure that we can identify anomalous behaviors and activities. And then we prevent as much as possible within our systems and tools to lock that information down. So just a reminder, this stuff is still occurring. There are people very much interested in what you do. And, and it's important to take that reflective inside look at yourself uh, to understand the external threats. So Andy, I'll stop there on that point. Yeah, it's such a good one, Dave. You know, I read these things and they happen, you know, not infrequently, right? China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, terrorist groups, like we see this happen, not not you know, again, infrequently, right? And I first get mad about it. And then I pause and like, well, you know, of course this happens. Like we're doing the same thing in those countries. That's spy versus spy, nation versus nation. Like that, that's just part of the environment. But the challenge is exactly what you said. This affects corporations, businesses faith-based organizations around the country where foreign adversaries try and attain information, try and influence organizations. And we have to think about that. There have been efforts uh, to compromise, we know, higher education, commercial real estate, across critical infrastructure. We know there have been deliberate efforts to influence faith-based organizations from foreign nations and other groups coming from those nations under the cover of you know, faith-based organizations and fraternity but with in interest for their you know, host nation and their government. So we have to be aware of how these operatives might be happening and working in our environments and how they may be using us to try and elicit information, gain access to certain secure areas or data or information, and just do our very best to remain vigilant and minimize those threats. Great topic to bring up. Glad that you did. Welcome back, Dave. Good to have you here. Yeah, thanks, Andy. And I think really great points, and I think it's really just a great understanding. We have to be, we have to understand those things that are out there. So, Andy, that's my second topic. Where are you going with your second topic? Dave, I'm going to go quickly, but I'm going to stay with our friends at CISA, and I'm going to highlight something that came out last Thursday. It was released by uh, CISA, by the NSA, by the FBI, and international partners from Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom. On Thursday the 3rd, they released the top routinely exploited vulnerabilities of 2022. You've heard Jen on these podcasts. Anybody that's listening has heard Jen, you know, his foot stomp and aggressively remind us to patch, to patch, to patch. Here we've got international governments and our best uh, government organizations coming together. So you know, <laughs> these are the number one concerns and priorities. Therefore, if you own <laughs> the mission of securing your environment, you should be looking at these vulnerabilities and seeing if any of them affect your organization potentially. Have you, if, if they're in your environment, have you addressed them? Do you need to? Here, here's good uh, you know, fodder to take to whoever you need to get authorization from to do what you need to do to apply those patches and updates, make sure your environment is safe and secure. I'm not going to get into all the vulnerabilities. You can check those out. There's 12 listed. Some of them you've heard us talk about on these very podcasts many times. Uh, Log4j being one as a side note. Cloudflare, uh, Cloudflare released their 12 uh, exploited vulnerabilities as well with a link to that. Um, some overlap, but some differences in that. But I want to draw your attention to the end user uh, reminders that are put in here, right? So it identifies the vulnerabilities, but also includes some steps that the government is saying, hey, take this mitigation action. It has some ideas for vendors, designers, and developers, right? How we bake security in, right? Secure by design principles. So those are definitely worth checking out and looking at. But for all of us, Right? It's the same basic ideas we constantly go back to, but are worth reiterating. Apply timely patches to systems. Right, Implement a centralized patch management system. 
use the best practices for general security, use the best practices to mitigate the threat of ransomware, of which there has been a lot to discuss over the last week, which I'm not going to get into today. Additionally, it says use security tools such as endpoint detection response, web application firewalls, and network protocol analyzers, all good reminders. And then lastly, to sort of apply some pressure back to the vendor community, ask your software providers to discuss your secure by design program. That's, you know, CISA and our other partners trying to get organizations and individuals to push back on other organizations that are developing this equipment, software, technology, and get them to really bake that security in, right? But those first three, I think, are really, really key. Things we know, things we've got to be mindful of and continue to do and practice every day in our environment. So I'll, I'll leave it there, Dave. Any thoughts or comments on that? No, I, I mean, that's uh, anything I say is just going to continue to put the nail in the coffin there because I, I, I think you're hit on so many of the good points there with uh, with just the patching. It needs to be done. It needs to get done. So do it. So th th there, that's all I need to say. Dave, I appreciate that. And I'm just going to add, you know, what I'm saying with CISA, you know, and our government partners worth noting as well, you know, another product that came out, uh, the Biden-Harris administration launches new efforts to strengthen America's K-12 school cybersecurity. A lot of good work being done there, again, hand-in-hand -hand with CISA. Worth noting that report as well. I won't get into it, but we'll have the links available. And Dave, back to you. I think we're going into our, our last bit here. We're doing our last bit. Two rounds complete, Andy. We got a lot to look forward to. Uh, great topic so far. So now let's hit on some of the quick hits, Andy. I'll jump in first. I'm going to call out two things. Staying a little bit on the cyber side and really uh, talking about some of the outcomes of what uh, you just mentioned there. Uh, a new uh, report, and I apologize. I'm not going to probably, I don't know if I'm going to mispronounce this, but Aon, A-O-N, uh, they recently did some research about talking about uh, reputational risk and the impacts from uh, cyber attacks. And basically they said the highlights, uh, th their research highlights the increasing severity of today's cyber attacks, significantly a major cyber attack can have long-term impact on a company's share price. We've talked about the impacts of monetarily uh, of, of, you know, incident response and stuff, but now this is talking about a little bit long-term moving forward is specifically about the share price and analysis of 47 prominent cyber attacks revealed that on average, these incidents resulted in a 9% decrease in shareholder value above and beyond market effects in the year following events. So again, when you're looking at why we need to do these things, and again, I know not all companies have share prices, but use that to equate to other things. That reputational risk is really important uh, when you're doing, uh, when you're considering the evaluation from cyber attacks. And then also, Andy, I just wanna take this power, this time out to really call out the Ouch newsletter from SANS. Yeah. Uh, they do a great monthly newsletter. It's all free. It's generally pretty short, uh, but in right to the point, this last one, we've talked about this. You've been a huge proponent of this for several, several sessions here. The power of password managers why we get frustrated with passwords and then what you can do to simplify your life with this password manager. They give some great steps about choosing a password managers and then what you can do if you don't think that this is for you. But again, Andy, want to call out what this is the subscription for this month for the Ouch newsletter, but they have other great topics, every very relevant to what's going on. So Andy, those are my two quick hits. What do you got? Dave, I've got way too much, to be honest. I'm going to go quick and just name a couple of the highlights. We'll share a lot of the links. Um, one, I think worth noting, just a number of faith-based incidents as the Pittsburgh synagogue uh, shooter uh, has been condemned to death. Uh, you know, there's concern about uh, rhetoric like his and other extremist rhetoric spreading around the country. Uh, we see uh, incidents happening in Pensacola, Florida. A number of arrests have just been made. Four teenagers were arrested. 
arson. We see a, a historically black church in, in Utah, I think the first black church in Utah, or the oldest, I should say, uh, vandalized. Georgia, uh, all around the country, a shooting incident in Memphis, uh, Jewish school, and the list goes on and on. You, you've, you've spoken with uh, our friends at Faith-Based Dicetown a number of times on, on this podcast or on, on Nerd Out podcast. There's so much happening there. So if you're concerned about your faith-based organization, uh, religious school, charity, check out Faith-Based Dicetown, check out the links that we'll share. There's just stuff happening every single day. Additionally, uh, glad to see continued push from the administration on pandemic preparedness. I've given a lot of grief to the government for not getting us any better, that we're worse off today than we were in 2019, but following the heels of the new White House office focused on pandemic preparedness, uh, the Department of State launched a new Bureau of Global Health Security and Diplomacy. Good to see this kind of coordination emphasis being added. Additionally, we can't uh, skip over Mr. Trump's indictment in Washington, D.C. Uh, nothing happened, thank goodness. There was a false active shooter report at the Senate the day before. Don't know if that was necessarily directly related or not. But I think as we look at a number of legal proceedings in months to come, rhetoric you know, and, and, and frustration from all sides, just be mindful that these events, whether they're legal proceedings or or political gatherings, you know, campaign 2024 election stuff, they provide uh, fuel for those that are already a little bit fired up. They provide great cover for those one or two individuals that actually seek to do harm. So just a good reminder that as these things happen, we've got to be aware of potential security implications, regardless of what you think about the politics of it all. Um, lastly, Dave, again, I'm not going to have time to get into it, but holy moly, so much ransomware. And I'll share way too many links in the show notes for that. And I think we got to stop there. Yeah, I mean, there's always a, a number of ransomware links and all great uh, additional call-outs there, Andy. So much stuff going on, so much to be aware of. Just know that you're not in this alone and that you have always have great resources out there uh, for any organizations that's listening. You can check out k15.global or any of the other resources that we have. We're willing to share, reach out to us. We're happy to talk through any of those areas. But Andy, great discussion as always. Really appreciate the time to be here today with you and back in the flow of things again. I uh, want to remind everyone about our overall Gate 15 uh, podcast. In addition to this weekly security sprint, we also have the Risk Roundtable podcast. We have the Nerd Out Security Panel Discussion podcast. This month, Andy, I think I'm doing my two-thirds of the year award. So you got oh, nice. to be ready for that. I might be yeah. soliciting feedback from the some some individuals there but that's coming out i'm going to be publishing that next week and then we also have uh andy's gay 15 interview where he's bringing it together leading edges and i'm very excited about some potential opportunities we have for this fall for some podcasts so just be on the guard this these things are humming along so really appreciate uh this opportunity so andy before we sign off any any closing comments I think just worth noting that we're now just 31 days away from kickoff as Detroit Lions go to Kansas City to kick off the NFL season. You're going to be hearing me cheer wherever you may be located. Are, are you watching uh, Hard Knocks when it comes on? You know, I, I would, except it's got Aaron Rodgers in it, and that just makes me turn. Oh. So, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Okay. I, I, I don't hate on that. That's all right. I, I can respect <laughs> So. All right, Andy, I will be not looking forward to football season because it'll just be another mediocre season for the Cowboys. And who knows where that'll go at the end. I'll, oh, I know, not in the Super Bowl. So with that, Andy, thanks for joining me today. And for everyone else, I will bid you adieu.